everybody, welcome into the flagship podcast. It is uh, it is your friends Chip Brown and of course the managing editor of Horns247.com, the one and only Taylor Estes. Taylor, how are you doing? I'm doing good, just being quarantined and self-isolated at home, Chip. What about you? Hey, same here, same here. Trying to trying to keep that uh, self-distancing at a at an optimum maximum and uh, hoping for the best for everyone else out there as we go through these uh, unbelievable, unprecedented, troubling, uncertain times. I mean, I'm sitting here today, we're recording on Wednesday, and the Big 12 athletic directors had a, had a teleconference today, and I'm trying to chase that down remotely and, and see what's what's happening. I mean, I think what we're looking at is probably the cancellation certainly of spring football games. Um, but could there be a door open, uh, for any kind of spring football practices if this coronavirus can be resolved or contained, not resolved, contained to the point where, uh, the Texas campus gets back to any kind of activity. But I mean, Taylor, I'm saying that as one day after the University of Texas announced that uh, they're moving to online classes as of March 30th, and they're asking everyone to move out of the dorms. Right. So, yeah. I mean, we're we're really running out of time here. I mean, I, I feel like the next story is really, uh, is the NCAA going to be open to having some kind of waiver for... Um, spring football to be carried over into the month of June because right. Texas, Texas ends classes on May 8th. Yeah. Right. And you have to think about the, the incoming players that are supposed to be, you know, joining the program. Like when are they going to be able to move in? You know, when are they going to be able to, because the incoming freshmen, they are going to be moving into the dorms. Um, if Texas football you know, requires that the freshmen and I believe sophomores are, supposed to be living in on campus housing. So what what's going to, you know, how is that going to be impacted? I think that's probably, I would imagine that has to be something that's being discussed also by the big 12 athletic directors on this conference call. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're in completely unprecedented territory. Everybody's guessing because we have no idea how long um, it's going to be before life gets back to normal. Uh, until then we're in the new normal and we are just, it's day by day. I mean, people are sending out memos saying, Hey, we're gonna, you know, go until the next two weeks and then reevaluate. And it's, it's just constantly changing. So, um, it's, uh, it's a tough time, but we're, we're here and we said, we're gonna, we're gonna be nonstop football season never ends at horns 24 seven. And so we're talking about all kinds of things going on, uh, looking forward with regard to football season whenever it gets here. So, um, and, you know, we're also talking about basketball. I mean, today, Evan Daniels of 24-7 Sports, the guy's best in the business at covering college basketball, college basketball recruiting. He, he's known Shaka Smart for years and so we'll talk to him about uh, first his story. He broke the story about Rick Patino 
getting back into college basketball coaching at Iona. And then we'll talk to him about Shaka Smart and his thoughts on, on where things are. Um, I know, I know we got a question to that effect, uh, from our incredible listeners here of the flagship podcast. And, um, and so why don't we, well, yeah, we let's tackle that. that? Yeah, absolutely. Let's take that right now. So this comes in from our uh, buddy, Chris Bennett, who uh, helps us out a lot actually over at the site. If you don't look at his, if you haven't checked out his today on Twitter thread, it's where, I mean, that alone gives me story ideas half the time because he knows everything about every athlete that's ever played any type of sport at Texas and puts that on our site, see what they're doing. But so CB. From CB, Chris Bennett, he goes, what does the coronavirus pandemic and total shutdown of everything mean for Texas, Shaka Smart, Karen Aston, and the football team? Yeah, and I think right now, at the very least, uh, decisions are being delayed or announcements or however we want to say it. But um, basically, any any decision slash announcement regarding the, the futures of Shaka Smart and Karen Aston are, are being delayed. Um, it's and and who knows? I mean, Shaka Smart may have this. This may have helped him keep his job. If if Texas had you know floundered against Texas Tech in the Big Twelve tournament, missed the NCAA tournament, you know who knows? Maybe uh, maybe it's the end of the the tenure of Shaka Smart at Texas. But he didn't play that game. Um, he won five of his last six. And it was up in the air as to whether he was going to get into the NCAA tournament or not. And, and so, you know, for Chris Del Conte, and we've said this a million times here on the flagship podcast, Chris Del Conte has got a really hard job uh, because the two coaches, you know, three if you want to count baseball, but the two big revenue producers are football and basketball. And he did not hire either of those coaches. And Shaka Smart is at a point where it's certainly a legitimate question as to whether he should be retained as the coach. And and now this. I mean, are you kidding me? So uh, Chris Del Conte has said that every coach gets reviewed at the end of the season. I mean, we're technically at the end of the season, but he's in no mood to talk about this right now. He's trying to figure out what is you know, what's going on with the campus? What, what are we doing with our student athletes? How are we taking care of them? Are, I mean, we're telling them to move out of the dorms. What, what does that mean for, um, you know, the kids who are international students? I mean, there's a ton of those. Just look on the swimming team and the tennis team and the golf team. And, and so uh, really a lot of other things are a top priority for Chris Del Conte right now. Uh, other than the the situations involving Shaka Smart and Karen Aston, as far as Karen Aston is concerned, the women's basketball coach at Texas, I mean she's got she's got some pedigree. I mean she went to an Elite Eight, a couple Sweet Sixteens. I, I get that the program has not reached the the heights that she normally uh, is accustomed to, but you know finished third in the Big Twelve, and um, you know it. Her her program she she gets a little grace period. I know there have been transfers out of the program, but um, you know it's sometimes you realize trying to recruit all the top players in the country. 
Uh, it can be difficult to keep them all happy. It can be difficult to manage ego and all of that. So, um, you know, some coaches are better at it than others. And I'm not trying to pass judgment. I'm just saying that it's it's a situation. And we've seen it uh, in the past with with coaches. But Karen's got some some clout. Now, you know, I've heard that Karen may have some hesitation about um, continuing to work under Chris Plonsky. Now that she has not said that at all, that is, you know, that's from a source. Karen has denied that, but, um, you know, Karen, I mean, Chris Plonsky, as I've reported in the past has been very, very, very involved in women's basketball. Um, you know, Gail Gestenkors, who went to two Final Fours and a national championship game at Duke, came here and ended up leaving. We left two years on a million-dollar contract, million-dollar-a-year contract, because she couldn't operate under Chris Plonsky. Um, so, you know, there's some other circumstances possibly involved with the Karen Aston situation, but um, and. Even though Chris Del Conte is the athletic director at Texas, Chris Plonsky still does supervise women's basketball and volleyball. So um, just a note there. And then as far as football, we kind of touched on it. I mean, Tom Herman, they can't have the weight room open at least until March 30th. That's that's looking like that will be extended. Um, but, uh, you know, they can't have players working out on their own at at UT's facilities right now. So you're basically, you know, sending emails and videos to players showing them things they can do to work out in their garage. I mean, you can't encourage, you cannot encourage them to go to a gym right now. So, I mean, it's like they're doing the Herschel Walker workout, you know, 250 push-ups a day, uh, 250 sit-ups a day. And, you know, working out in their garage, Taylor, it's, uh, it, we're, it, this is all completely off the grid and, um, you know, coaches obviously have a lot of pressure on them to succeed. And right now, Tom Herman doesn't know if he's going to get his 15 spring practices in. Right. And, you know, this all kind of comes down, I believe it was the SEC that, um, canceled their spring games earlier this week. So it's, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the big 12 and how Texas handles this, because, you know, I, from my understanding, I think that there were some big 12 teams that had already started spring football because Texas was starting much later than they had in years past. I think a lot of that had to do with Tom Herman's uh, coaching search, you know, adding seven new assistant coaches to his staff. They, I think wanted to push a prep back probably as, as far as possible. So those guys can get more well-versed with one another and get kind of their, their game plan going on how to, move forward. But, you know, I'm, I'm curious, Chip, for your input on that. I mean, how much of the setback do you think that this is just for Tom Herman in Texas, considering there are seven new assistant coaches on the the staff that literally will not be able or could not possibly be able to even coach any of these, these athletes until the summer? Yeah, that's enormous. I mean, I mean, th- these coaches covet spring football because that's that's your install. For new mm-hmm. players, um, or certainly in this situation, new coaches, getting your your offense, your defense installed um, in the spring is enormous because you've got to have your veterans 
as well versed in this as possible so that when you bring in the freshmen or or any grad transfers over the summer, those guys can do the teaching. Right now, they have not received the install. I mean, they've they've talked about it. They've looked at film. They've looked at cut-ups of what Mike Yersich and Chris Ash have run at other schools, but they got to run it. I mean, they got to line up, call the play, and run it. And and that's not happening, and we don't know if it will happen uh, within the academic year. In fact, for Texas, again, with with the academic year ending May 8th, um, and you know, there's already talk of uh, canceling commencement. I mean, it's that's May 23rd, I believe. So if that's happening, there's you know there's real reason to believe we're going into June before these football players could could have any kind of spring practice. And I know in talking to Texas State coach Jake Spavital uh, today on AM 1300 The Zone, you know he's asked his athletic director to please put in a waiver of any kind uh, so that they get their well, they already have five practices in, uh, but get the remaining 10 practices in June, uh, which would take a, an NCA waiver. So again, we're, we're all trying to figure this out on the fly and, uh, every decision is going to have unintended consequences. Even the one that would allow for seniors in, in spring sports to return for another year of eligibility. That's going to require scholarship limitation exemptions. Um, it's going to affect recruiting. Uh, it's going to affect whether some players currently waiting for a chance to, to play will get into the portal uh, because now they're blocked by a senior who might be returning. I mean, it's, it's again, every decision being made is going to have unintended consequences, and we don't know. I mean, people... And it's difficult at a time like this where people's um, worst case scenarios are already running wild uh, because of the fact that some people are out of work. Some people are looking at their retirement accounts or their you know, investment accounts. And, and to have all this uncertainty makes people anxious. I, I get that. But um, uh, we just don't know. We just don't know at this point when uh, when these new coaches of Tom Herman um, are going to be able to coach players on the field. And that, that puts Texas at a real disadvantage. I think the other thing that puts teams at a disadvantage is if you've lost a lot of leadership from the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know, LSU, I'll just grab them. They lost 16 starters, including Joe Burrow. I mean, at least Texas has guys like Sam Ellinger and Joseph Osai on each side of the ball who are leaders the rest of the team looks up to they've been productive on the field uh those are the kind of guys who can get the word out to teammates and the teammates are going to listen if you've lost a lot of leadership and guys are trying to prove themselves that can be an awkward situation where a guy may try to flex as a leader and the you know his teammates may say wait a minute you're not a leader yeah like who are you (laughs) right i mean that that can be tricky so no one is going to come out of this thing um, in, a, in a good situation, but the teams that have good leadership returning, I think, are going 
are going to have a little bit of, uh, of of a competitive advantage simply because they should have uh, a team that's a little bit more together than one that's looking for leadership. Right. And at least, you know, Texas does have Sam Ellinger, as you mentioned. I think that's something that's huge because these players, too, I mean, you know, from a lot of from talking to a number of different sources, from what I had heard, a lot of players were kind of expecting to use the spring as a kind of familiarize, get to know them with the new assistant coaches. Because one thing, you know, I think a lot of fans are kind of forgetting about right now, just because these new assistants came in doesn't mean that these players that are currently on the roster are 100% bought into them. I mean, a lot of these players signed with Texas and came to Texas for the assistant coaches who were recently fired. And so you can't, I, I think you can't even count out what this could mean for, you know, even if, if there's no spring football, I'm really curious to see what this means for some of those guys that have not necessarily been won over by these new assistant coaches. Because from what I've heard, it hasn't been just everyone accepting of everything and kumbaya, let's go and just go play football. I mean, it takes a while, you know, these are young, young adults that are, kind of coming into their own just in the age that they're at. And now they're being, you know, forced to learn under new um, leadership from the coaching side of things. And as we know, Tom Herman's not a player's coach. He's not the one that is buddy, buddy with his guys. So a lot of the coaches that were that with these players are no longer on campus. And I think that sets Texas up for a potential serious situation. If these new assistants don't win these guys over soon. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh it's a good point, and I think we'll we'll see how uh, see what the the latest is from um, you know I, I just find it hard to believe that we're gonna have much of a spring football before May eighth, and it sounds like you know it might take uh, an NCA waiver uh, because really June is the only time you can do it, Taylor. I mean, you have to let guys recover. Right. You, you can't you can't add 10 practices to fall camp. You, your guys will be done. Oh, know? yeah. Yeah, that would be you terrible. Can't, you can't extend it like that. Uh, you'll have guys with dead legs going into the season. You really would need to do it in June and then have July to recover and then go back in for camp at the beginning of August and, and into the season. So we're uh, we're going to we're going to wait and find out. Because right yeah. now we're we're speculating, right? No doubt. Well, Chip, let's uh, move our talk over to basketball. Let's bring in twenty four seven sports college basketball analyst Evan Daniels for his take on both what happened with the NCAA tournament cancellation, what this could mean for Shaka Smart, and more. So let's bring in Evan. Excited to bring into the flagship podcast the best in the business when it comes to covering college basketball, college basketball recruiting. He is the one and only Evan Daniels of 24-7 Sports. Evan, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man, about as, as well as you could possibly could be doing, considering uh, uh, I wish we had a NCAA bracket in our hands. I was set to go to Vegas to watch the first round with a bunch of my boys. Um, but obviously, uh, that stuff is not happening. Uh, so try to make the most of it. Well, instead, you broke the story about Rick Pitino uh, coming back into the, the college coaching game at Iona. So congratulations on that scoop. Tell us how that came about. You know, Chip, it's been something that uh, has been in the works for, I think, a couple weeks. Um, I actually spoke to Rick Pitino 
a week and a half, two weeks ago. And um, I, I think the uh, Iona opportunity, I think at that time he knew it was there. I don't think it was necessarily done at that time, but I think there was a strong possibility that that could come to fruition. Um, the Iona president and the Iona athletic director um, did some early work on this with Tim Kloos. Um They knew he was going to resign and step away from the game for health reasons. And uh, I think that they've been in Patino's ear for a little bit and uh, things moved rapidly uh, on, uh, I guess that was Saturday. And uh, Rick actually told me afterwards, um, later that, that evening, uh, that it moved much quicker than he thought. He was more expecting everything to come out uh, later in the week. Um, but uh, it, it moved very quickly, as sometimes these things do. I mean... If if you're sizing up the situation and and it was interesting, I thought uh, we'll get to Shaka Smart and Greg Brown and your expertise as it pertains to to Texas basketball here in a second. But as it pertains to Rick Pitino and being let go at Louisville as part of the Adidas, uh, you know, federal investigation that has resulted in some um, some indictments, some jail time. Uh, then Kansas responds to. Uh, their, uh, you know, initial um, allegations from the NCAA by saying, if you, you know, start um, penalizing schools for money given to players by shoe companies, you might be going down a slippery slope here and you might end up nullifying the eligibility of, you know, dozens of college basketball players uh you know, because of the AAU connections to shoe companies. So, you know, I don't know how outraged people should be over Rick Pitino. I don't know what kind of slope we're on in terms of college basketball and, and these investigations, the, including the investigation that, that got Pitino removed at Louisville. Your thoughts on that? Well, from my conversation with Rick, and we did talk about the NCAA stuff, and uh, he was hit uh, initially with the five game suspension, which he already served. Uh, but you know, he said to me, he's like, look, I really have served a three year suspension uh, because I couldn't get an interview and I'm quoting him. I couldn't get an interview for three years. And the only reason that Rick Pitino is at Iona right now is because of the relationship that he has and had built with the new president at Iona. Uh, that president was the president at Transylvania School in Lexington, Kentucky, or right outside of Lexington, Kentucky. And uh, Rick has known him for quite some time. He used to leave him tickets, him and his wife, uh, to games uh, when when he was the head coach at Louisville. So, uh, honestly, I, I think that there was one other opportunity out there, and that was because of a previous relationship. Grand Canyon, I believe, reached out, according to sources, to Patino as well. Uh, but Iona was more intriguing to him. Uh, but I, I don't I, I think it was always going to have to be a special circumstance and a special relationship and fit for Rick Pitino to come back to the college game. Uh, I honestly thought and have thought that it was inevitable that he would be back, um, quite frankly, because you could make a case that he's um, a top three college basketball coach of all time, at least in that conversation. And uh, it, I personally believe that he'll go to Iona and and they'll they'll win big, um, but it, it was always going to take a special circumstance because of 
uh, everything that happened at the end at Louisville, the NCAA investigation. Uh, I know I danced around your question a little, but I just wanted to give you a little context. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Um, and, you know, we're in sort of uh, crazy territory right now with uh, with all the investigations. We'll see how it all plays out. But let's let's get to Shaka Smart and um, and Texas. And uh, it looked really grim for Shaka Smart there, Evan, uh, talking to Evan Daniels, college basketball writer extraordinaire for 24-7 sports. And and then he gets on the five-game winning streak, wins road games at Texas Tech, at Oklahoma. And and then it was all set up for, for Texas and Texas Tech to play um, in the first round of the Big 12 tournament. And following a 22-point home loss to Oklahoma State, uh, but we never get there, so there's there's not uh, we're not going to be able to say whether he he did or didn't make it into the NCAA tournament, and you know your thoughts on how the coronavirus may have may have saved Shaka Smart. Well, I, I think if they had made the NCAA tournament, that he was going to be safe. Now, that's my personal belief, um, not based on you know sources or. Or, 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 I mean, I guess based on sources, but I, I think if Texas had been in the NCAA tournament, he was going to be safe. Now, this coronavirus uh, certainly has impacted the landscape. Um, it's impacted the coaching carousel, and and that's not just at Texas. That's across the country. Like, there's a chance that maybe one high major uh, job opens up during this cycle, and I, I think the coronavirus plays a, a big factor in that. It's hard to ask. Uh, coaches or uh, boosters to go into checkbooks to to pay buyouts when they see 33% or 40% of their, um, you know, financial investments down in the stock market. So it just makes for an interesting climate. Um, I do think that Shaka and the Texas staff had really built some momentum with how they were playing late in the season. They were playing uh, really good basketball, were in position to make the tournament or be right there. And I I think that was always going to help his case as well. And, and can you say what, uh, what, uh, job you think might come open? Um, I mean, I I don't even know if there will be one open, you know, the, the jobs that have had speculation, uh, were, were Boston college has probably gotten the most of speculation. Um, Wake Forest had a lot of speculation, um, you know, as of today, uh, at least, you know, I'd be surprised if Wake Forest opens. Danny Manning was pretty adamant after the ACC tournament that he was expecting to keep his job. Um, I just think everything has slowed down. Yeah. And there's going to be – there's mid-major openings. and Grand Canyon's opening. I don't think people realize how good of a job that is. I mean, they had an assistant coach making $700,000 last year. People do not understand um, the um, amount of money that that athletic department has and the resources they have. Um, so that's actually a tremendous job that's open right now, uh, but I, I just think it's going to be pretty slim pickings in terms of what what opens up this year, and uh, some of that has to do with the coronavirus and the climate, and uh, it's just not a good time uh, to make a coaching change right now. Yeah, Grand Canyon, where Dan Maherly uh, had coached, correct? Yeah, Thunder Dan. Thunder Dan, yep. baby. Uh, Central Michigan Chippewa. Um, so talking to Evan Daniels, um, 24-7 sports, college basketball uh, reporter and, and recruiting analyst. Shaka Smart, year five, and, you know, it's been up and down, Evan. Um, 
people looking at you know the recruits that he's brought in, uh, three lottery picks in in Jared Allen, Mo Bamba, and Jackson Hayes, and and not a not an NCAA tournament win in the last seven years. Um, your your thoughts on on where Shaka is in terms of his comfortability at Texas and 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 if this thing can can work with three more years left on his deal. Um, you know, that's a, a great question. He's obviously had a lot of success um, from a recruiting standpoint. And um, I, I think that, you know, if you're going to be nitpicky, I, I think um, at times they potentially lacked guys that could make shots from distance. Um, but I, I mean, I think that I think it's pretty clear that that Chaka Smart wants to be at Texas. You know, I, I think I personally believe that he could have had a great shot at UCLA last offseason if he wanted it. Uh, I think he would have been right there for it or could have even gotten it. Um, so I think it's pretty clear that he wants to make it work at Texas. He wants to be uh, – he wants to get that thing rolling. Um, how that transpires, I don't know. Um, but I do think that the way they played at the end of the season uh, helped provide um, a little stability and, and, you know, in turn, does that help them from a recruiting standpoint from a recruiting standpoint this offseason. And all that's assuming that um, he obviously keeps his job. Well, and let's talk about Greg Brown, because obviously he's the he's the big target that Texas is is trying to land. Um, he's the son of former Texas Longhorns defensive back Greg Brown. And, you know, tell us what you think about that recruitment and where Texas stands. Well, it seems like that their position with Greg Brown um, – has continuously gotten better over the last couple weeks, a couple months. Um, I think the, the the hardest part in recruiting is is uncertainty, and uh, with the media uh, putting out there that you know Chaka could potentially uh, be on the move or something like that, you know it's going to impact recruiting. Look, Greg Brown's from Austin, Texas. Uh, I would imagine um, that that type of proximity. Um, would factor pretty heavily in his recruitment. Look, his father uh, is very involved in his recruiting process. In fact, runs everything. Um, I I would imagine that he wants to be at every single one of his games, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's that's just reality. It's parents, and uh, he should want to be at every single one of his games. But it's a lot easier to do that at Texas uh, rather than some of these other schools that are recruiting him. Um, so I actually think that they have a lot of positive momentum uh, in the recruiting process. And man, that would be a tremendous pickup. Uh, for Shaka Smart, he's a top 10 player. He's a bouncy athlete, a really good rebounder, rim, rim protector, rim runner, um, a guy that plays with tremendous energy. Uh, you add that guy to the roster, it'd be a big deal. Who do you compare uh, Greg Brown to, Evan? Ooh, that's a great question. And I'll be honest with you, um, I'm one of, the guy, one of the guys in the business that absolutely hates comparisons because <laughs> I think that I, it's it's partly because I think they're so difficult, and most guys aren't are really uh, don't have a, a spot on guy. Um, I just I, I just love his energy. I'll do my best to describe his game to you. He's six nine, thin, but really long arms. He's got this quick twitch athleticism, quick off his feet, big time athlete, bouncy, um, really good rebounder. Plays with tremendous energy. Uh, plays hard. He's really tried to expand his game and move out on the perimeter. I personally believe that he's best around the goal uh, because of that athletic ability, because of the rebounding. Um, he's capable of making off the catch shots, but there's still 
Um, still a little ways to go, uh, but I, I, I just love his energy and athletic ability. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they found something with guys like uh, Royce Ham and, and Kai Jones and Brock Cunningham during that five-game winning streak, and sounds like Greg Brown's not afraid to get in there and, and get dirty and uh, with Jericho Sims um, coming back next year. They should have a good, I mean, if they could land Greg Brown, they'd have, you know, a different persona as a team. They'd be more of a, a tough, rough and tumble uh, defensive team as opposed to trying to put all these shooters out on the floor who have struggled to shoot. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, he would. that would be a tremendous addition to that team. I think it upgrades your athleticism. Um I mean, when you throw some of the guys that they have on that roster into that mix with him, like a Kai Jones and Jericho Sims, you're talking about a really, really athletic front court. Um, and a guy that I think can come in and, and contribute immediately and, and really help them. Um, so I, I, I think uh, if they were, you know, we don't know what Greg Brown's going to do, but I would guess that the coronavirus potentially could speed some of this thing up. Nobody can go anywhere. Nobody can take visits. Um, and he's been to all these schools, so it just wouldn't surprise me to see him um, move his timeline up. So, all right, we'll let you go on this. Did you have a uh, did you have a winner for the NCAA tournament? Um, I, I would I would I would say that Kansas uh, was the best team, uh, at least playing that way, trending that way. I talked to Bill Self yesterday for a little bit about that group, and uh, he thought they were playing better than anyone in the country at the time. Uh, the team that I would not have wanted to see in my bracket if I was a coach or anything like that uh, would have been Florida State because of their depth, because of their length, because of their size. Uh, they're, the, they're the tallest team in the country, a tremendous depth. I mean, they were bringing first-round picks off the bench. Um, that length and their ability to guard and really put pressure on people uh, is a big deal, and I thought that was, that was a, a major factor uh, for Florida State. So I probably would have gone with those two. Uh, obviously, Dayton, Gonzaga. Uh, those are been good options. I, I mentioned this on your radio show, but I pulled 115 coaches. Actually, more than that, because I got a bunch more votes after I put the story out. But uh, I pulled 115 coaches about who they thought would win the NCAA tournament if it played. And Kansas got 49 votes. Uh, Gonzaga had 17. Uh, Dayton, 14 or 15. Uh, Michigan State and Florida State were after those guys. So um, it was uh, it was an inter- interesting to see uh, a pretty astounding difference between uh, first and second on who guys thought was the best team. And finally, are you hearing any buzz about uh, Luke Yachlik, uh interviewing for head coaching jobs? I have not. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me if that's happened, but I have not. Yeah, that uh, I know that was a that was a good pickup by by Shaka um, when Darren Horn moved on. Um, Evan, you're the man. Keep up the great work. Everybody needs to be following. Evan Daniels, uh, of course, you can read him at 247sports.com. Yet another reason to be an annual member of Horns 24-7 so that you're getting all of Evan Daniels' premium content. Uh, it is, it's worth the uh, annual membership alone right there. Evan, thanks so much, man. Hey, thanks for having me, brother. I'll talk to you soon. All right, and the flagship podcast rolls on. Stuff with Evan Daniels and hey, a little bit of positive news during this time of uncertainty with a 
the what he talked about with Greg Brown, you know, five-star talent that is still interested in Texas. Texas is very well in the mix. And if Shaka Smart's done anything well, Chip, I think it's uh, really keep him intrigued on the University of Texas basketball program. Yeah, and I, I, I can't say it enough um, about Greg Brown's dad, Greg Brown Sr., who played defensive back at Texas. Now I know I'm old because I covered Greg Brown as a player <laughs> at Texas. <laughs> he and Major Applewhite were, um, you know, two kids from Shreveport who came to Texas. And and um, Greg, Greg Brown Sr. is as good as it gets. And he's running his son's recruitment and uh, just a great guy. So I really am interested to see how how this goes. I mean, he's being recruited by absolutely everybody. Six uh, nine power forward with a lot of bounce, and a guy who would really, I think, add to the uh, toughness and sort of uh, scrappiness that emerged at the end of last season for Shaka with guys like uh, Kai Jones and Royce Ham and Brock Cunningham. Um, Greg Brown would fit right into that because he's just a He's a dominator inside, and, I mean, he's being recruited by, uh, you know, Kentucky, Memphis, Michigan, um, Auburn, I think Texas. Those would probably be his top five, but the list is enormous. And um, and so uh, this is exciting, and, and, hey, Evan's the man. He knows what's going on. It's not – he's not saying that Greg Brown is going to pick Texas. Um as long as Shaka's there. But I mean, if you look at the crystal balls, they do favor Texas. So, uh, then Memphis, then Kentucky. So, um, very interesting, very interesting stuff. And, um, the fact that Greg Brown would not be interested in Texas if Shaka was not here. Uh, and look, the, the naysayers are going to say, come on. And I get it. I get it because look, Chris Del Conte has to pay for a $60 million practice facility. I mean, that's the latest. The The basketball arena is being paid for by a third party that includes the Minister of Culture as an investor. But the $60 million basketball and rowing facility, that has to be paid for in the next couple of years. And you gotta, you're tapping into your boosters. And look, Chris Del Conte is as good as there is at raising money. Um, but... You you gotta you gotta have some excitement and momentum about the program to be able to raise that kind of money and and so we'll see and we'll see if if Del Conte can pull it off. I I know this if if the program is not in a clear upward trajectory by you know 21 or coming out of the you know 2021 season then. Chris Del Conte is going to make a major move to uh, make sure that the program moves in a new direction. So um, we'll leave it at that. And um, good stuff with with Evan, though. And uh, and look, we always appreciate our our incredible listeners and their their questions. Do we have any other questions? Don't don't we have a question about what it's like to work from home with your spouse, Taylor? Yeah. Yeah, and it actually happens to be my spouse that uh, asked the question. So I'm kind of surprised. <laughs> I'm really surprised he really wants to know the answer to this one. But Chip, let's uh, from Ty Estes here. 
<laughs> what's it like working from home with your spouse? Well, should I go on this or you want you want to start? Oh yeah, no, you go because I am divorced. I am over <laughs> one. I am. It's me and my kids, and uh, so this is all you, girl. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, one thing that some of our listeners may know is we we already work remotely. Chip and I and um, the entire Horns twenty four seven staff we all work from home. So it's kind of interesting, Chip, because I can't tell you how many times in you know since I've been married that I've gotten text messages midday like, hey, can you go to the store? Hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do this? Well, why? Like, I mean, you're working from home. You can take a break and just go to the grocery store, go grocery shopping midday. So you bet your bottom dollar those type of comments are being spewed back in that direction because, I mean, he's home. He should be able to go to the store, right? I mean, yeah, you're working, but you're still from home, so you can always just push it back a little bit. So I really am actually kind of enjoying that aspect of it. And the aspect of, oh, he's on conference calls. I can't just walk up to him and be like, hey, what you doing? <laughs> you know, that type of thing. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of, it's bittersweet right now. Um, you know, the, the evil part of me is kind of like taking mental notes like, mm-hmm, just wait until this gets brought up. Just wait until this gets brought up. <laughs> All of these years from me working from home, definitely going to be uh, brought back up, I think. So uh, it's interesting to say the least. <laughs> Who says that uh, that couples keep score? You know what I mean? Oh yeah, never, never keep score. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> it's never right. a competition of who's done what. Oh. <laughs> Paybacks yeah. are a B, right? Exactly, exactly. And when you've been dealing with uh, that for a number of years, and it's kind of funny because you know one thing I've always said about like even having kids, like working from home, I've always said absolutely not because I know exactly what's going to happen. What's going to happen is. I'm, I'm at home, so I should be able to take care of a child there, too, and do my job full-time. So this is actually probably really good because that's always been my argument of I know what would happen if that actually was the case and we did not have some type of child care for children would be that I would be full-time nanny and full-time mom and full-time employee. So I'm actually, I'm actually really happy about that one because I think he, he's learning very, very quickly that – just because you work from home does not mean that you have the freedom to do whatever you want throughout the day. <laughs> well, I think with all this distance learning that's that's set to happen, um, Austin Public School District saying that they're going to be working in that direction and and school being off until April 6th, I think a lot of parents are learning just how valuable our teachers are and oh, yeah. uh, and what a what a great job they do and how underappreciated they are and underpaid too for sure and underpaid and underpaid like well taylor um <laughs> great stuff as always appreciate you and of course if you're not a, a member at horns 24 7 i would say uh get an annual membership because that's going to get you in uh to all the vip content across the two four 24 7 sports network and evan daniels all of his VIP analysis. Uh, I mean, we have the best in the business here. We have the best team sites, the best coverage. I mean, right now you can be reading up on all the opponents that Texas will be facing in football in 2020, LSU, Oklahoma, uh, reading up on their boards and, and all the content. So uh, jump in. Great, uh, great time to uh, read up uh, on all of your your favorite teams and and your favorite sports and and uh, and do it at 24/7 Sports and of course Horns 24/7. 
Uh, for Taylor Estes, who keeps this train rolling. Thanks so much, Taylor. I'm Chip Brown. Thanks so much for listening to Flagship Podcast. We will talk to you soon.